Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy, and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today is part three of our mini series on the foundation principles. So these are the principles that we were taught in the Czech Institute, the principles of health the foundations. These are the things that if anything should be going wrong with your health in any way, shape or form, these are where you need to be looking at to make improvements. And so this podcast that we're going to talk about is breathing. Breathing is the second on the Czech totem pole. I don't know if we've ever mentioned the Czech totem pole, though, Dan. Have we ever on our podcast? Maybe briefly, but it's it's very interesting, isn't it? We should maybe do an episode on that one day. Yeah. So we have a, like a, a drawing. It is like a totem pole, isn't it? And it uh, goes in the hierarchy of um, things that are really important for health. And psyche is at the top of the totem pole. And right underneath is breath. So it's right almost at the top of the check totem pole. And that's when we're assessing anybody, we always assess these things first and breath is one of those things. And it was interesting actually, when we interviewed Michael King, he was talking about the Pilates elders that for the first few lessons, if you ever went to a, a Pilates class, they would just do breathing exercises to start off with. Um, so it's all interlinked, isn't it? All these systems interlink with each other and breath is usually at the top of a lot of the systems for good reason the more kind of expert level people get to and the more they start to learn about the human body and know how it works the more it ends up coming back down to the basics we've said this before haven't we you know at the start there when you were talking about there's kind of the six foundation principles that are essential for good health i was listening to matt walden head of education at the czech institute yeah and i don't know if this came from him or, or paul but he said humans are complex but not complicated and i've never heard of that before but it's really interesting isn't it so humans are complex in that there's a lot going on there's all these different systems you're almost unimaginably complex complex if you're trying to figure out someone's uh, health effects but we aren't complicated so if you mm. get the six foundation principles right you might not have to dig into someone's medical history you might just things might just correct themselves so we are complex, but essentially we aren't very complicated. Eat right, sleep right, you know, positive thinking, which we're all going to talk. We're going to talk about throughout the six episodes. That eliminates most of the problems. And yeah. in these really kind of expert level coaches and health practitioners, they end up saying the same thing. Like Michael King ended up talking about breathing, even though he's a Pilates coach, but he knows mm. how important it is. Yeah, it's dead interesting that because, you know, like I think we, we've mentioned it before that, the deeper that you get into anything, like the more that I've studied, let's say hormones and menopausal stuff, the, it all boils down to like you can go really deep into what happens in the cells and what hormones are interacting or not interacting anymore and the chemical reactions that are going on and how that, but it still comes down to, are you getting enough water? Are you getting outside? Are you doing, are you yeah. breathing? Pro- it, it does. And I've noticed that like the past couple of years, because I've been training with some really good, trainers like the best in the world really and it always comes down to that like everything everything comes back to and people come to you with this kind of expectation that you've you're gonna 
give them some magic pill. <laughs> and, and nine times out of 10, you start with breathing patterns because I always do. I always assess people's breathing. Even if they don't realize I'm assessing it, I'm looking at their, the way they breathe when, um, when they're talking. There's so much you can tell from a person. I start assessing, you'll probably do the same as well, Dan. But as soon as someone walks in towards you, I assess them how they sit down, how they take their shoes off, how they put their shoes back on, how they take their jump off. Do you do, you do that as well? Like, just. I, I think when, once you get into the health and fitness, you assess how people, you subconsciously almost assess how people move. Yeah. And you think, oh, they look really kind of stiff. They've got a, they walk with a little bit of a limp. Yeah, I you wonder can if usually they know about have. that. Yeah. From within about a minute of a person walking through your door, you kind of got a good idea of what's going on with them or what they're going to say. I can usually tell someone who's got pelvic floor dysfunction, like pretty quick, like within a minute of them walking in and sitting down. Is that like your superpower? That's my superpower. I can assess things that are going on in the body. <laughs> anyway, it's hard to switch off though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Most, so I've often thought this when um, you get people who are like psychic and they can do these past life regressions on oh, people, yeah. that type of thing, do you think? But they must have to get into some sort of meditative state to kind yeah. of get these things through, or get, are they just like that all the time? Because <laughs> it must no, become exhausting. <laughs> you would have, like, voices coming at you all the <laughs> That's time. That's what I mean, like. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but, like, for us, I think actually ours is harder because we can't. Like, theirs is in some – they've got to get into some psychical state. We just have to look at somebody. I'm terrible on a beach or in a swimming pool or something like that. Anyway, we digress in here because what we're talking about is breathing. So it's one of the first things that we assess as Czech practitioners, right? Breathing, like you said, it comes second on the totem pole after the psyche. But, yeah, it's really important if you think about how important breathing is. Essentially, it's our most essential nutrient, which the body runs on. If you don't get oxygen within three or four minutes, you're dead. So -hmm. that's how important it is. You can go days without water. You can go weeks without food which is what we normally focus on when we think about being healthy as well as exercise. But oxygen is number one. And obviously the way we get oxygen in is through breathing. When you spoke about what we're going to speak about, the yin and the yang of breath as well. Mm. So breathing essentially is, it's a a yang principle. It's kind of, it's movement, it's creation. Mm -hmm. When it comes to to health, it's normally where people must be thinking, oh, how am I breathing wrong? You've already said that it's detrimental to health if you do it wrong. But how do I breathe wrong? I just get oxygen in <laughs> yeah, and I exactly. breathe out. But there's certain techniques and a lot of it comes down to stress and anxiety, creating that chest breathing and poor posture as well. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about how it can link into a few of the other foundation principles like positive thinking as well because they kind of go hand in hand those two these two I find mm-hmm. when you get into that meditative state and you just focus on your breathing you can then have positive thoughts so yeah. that's that's a way it can improve your health cool so I just want to go back on something that you just said there I, I listen to this other podcast guy and he always goes I just want to double click on that <laughs> I think that's a really nice way to do it so I just want to double click on what you said about um oxygen being one of the main nutrients of your body like we don't really think about this actually there was a case just recently in the newspaper where um uh the first ever case of a little girl dying and it was um through her lungs um being uh, from pollution in london and that's the first case that's ever been proven to be as a direct result of pollution 
and we don't really think of the so we'll talk about in nutrition we'll talk about organic foods and we talked about um high quality water in the in the hydration one but we've got to think about high quality air because like you say oxygen is the main nutrient of our body we we think that we need proteins and fats and all these micronutrients but oxygen is the main one like you've just mentioned so like how do you make sure that you get in high quality air like that's why I hate going on airplanes do you because I just think the air is horrible on an airplane just recycled air yeah it makes you that stuffy feeling's not nice is it yeah and when you um this one ties into you know we did the one of the previous episodes of the mini series on hydration and it's I forgot to mention this point as well but it's going to tie into what I'm going to say it's a good point about poor quality air so we're kind of fortunate I suppose where we live it's it's quite open the the mm. air quality is probably really good um you got walking the dog in the woods every day the air quality is probably really good to be honest yeah but even then have you found I mean I find because I do I like going uh, mountain climbing so when I go to the Lake District when I've been abroad you get to the top of a mountain and like you're astounded at how nice the air is <laughs> it's like Ooh. your body should never be surprised at good quality air should it that's how bad the air pollution has got yeah and that's even coming from people like we have good quality air but if you imagine if you took someone from the middle of London or from I don't know the middle of Beijing and put them on top of a mountain with fresh air it's almost a surprise well, this is what air is meant to be like and going back to the hydration episode like our waterways are so polluted and the rivers are so dirty and things like that have you ever been somewhere and you've seen actual wild clear water you know you said like turquoise oceans or like mm. an actual crystal clear river it's actually a surprise but that's how they're meant to be <laughs> we've just yeah. polluted them so bad so the natural things have actually become astonishing to us which is a bit sad it is really sad, yeah. So David Attenborough was on the telly last night talking about lamenting what we're doing to the planet and how our air, we're not going to have enough air, we're not going to have enough water to sustain the amount of people that are on, on the planet at the moment. So Yeah, I like sad. watching the David Attenborough shows, but it just leaves you feeling so guilty. <laughs> I find that now. Like, yeah. but everything he says is true, and it's really a wake-up call. And it should have been, everything should have been done 50 years ago, but... God, this makes you feel so bad at the end of the show when you see the deforestation and the pollution. I know. Gives me the rages. All these billionaires are looking at going to Mars and creating space programs to just clean up our own planet first. Because yeah. this is probably the best place to live. Why spend so much time and energy trying to find other planets which are potential habitats for humans? Why not spend all that money on just cleaning up this perfect planet which we've already got? I know. I know. Can you imagine being that much millionaire like they were saying that between all the billionaires in the world like about 10 of them or something and probably more but they could end world poverty and make the world a better place easily just probably one of them jeff bezos yeah. what's he worth hundreds of billions surely yeah. like you could clean all the soil up clean the oceans but yeah it's not the way these people work is it no they want to be blasting off to mars so yeah jeff bezos has got blue orbit Elon mm -hmm. Musk's got SpaceX and there's a few others, isn't there? So yeah, if they, imagine if they all combined forces. But yeah, we're going off on another tangent there. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Okay, so where were we? So good quality air is very important. Yeah, and the way we get that into our body is, yeah, breathing mechanics. So when you do a, a healthy breath, a diaphragmatic breath, your belly should expand for the first two thirds of the breath. 
and then the final third should be in the chest. So it should kind of start in the in the belly and then rise up to the chest. And the, just you can do a little test on yourself while you're relaxed. You can just put one hand on your belly, one on your chest, and kind of figure out the ratio. And if you're going too much from the chest, then you maybe just need to do some relaxation breathing and just calm down and be a little bit more focused on your breath, and that might change it. But you also might need to look at your posture. So you might have really tight abdominals. People who sit all day, they tend to, the ribs drop forward and the abs get really tight, which means the diaphragm kind of expand against those overly working abdominal muscles. Or if you go to the gym a lot, you're an avid exerciser, you often kind of work those abdominals too much. You just do sit-ups. Some people do like hundreds of sit-ups every time they go to the gym. But it's really hard to correct that. You're just creating this shield, which the diaphragm kind of push against to expand fully. So yeah, if you do that little breathing test and you figure out you're going too much from the chest, maybe just try relaxing a little bit and then maybe try stretching out, particularly the psoas, the abdominals and just going into some extension instead of that flexion all the time. That will really help. Yeah. So breathing is a, the spine is amazing, really. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? So it's got four natural curves in the spine. And every time you breathe, it sends like a ripple up the spine. And what that does is create, it's like a pumping action, isn't it? Throughout the whole body. It's like a ripple effect up the spine and it should be, but when you're in this forward head posture, you don't get it. So you'll everything gets stuck so if you think about your lymphatic system and your endocrine system so getting rid of all the toxins getting your hormones around your body all of that kind of stuff they just get stuck because they're not nothing's moving and of course the diaphragm dropping in and out of the abdominal cavity that massage in the organs as well which is sending all the lymph around moving your fluids have I been talking about my obsession with moving my fluids lately? <laughs> no, but I'm not sure you want to express that on the podcast. It might be like too much information. No, honestly, it's not. So like, you know, when you have these times where everything you read and everything like that you suddenly watch on the telly, it's about the same thing. It's like yeah, yeah. synchronicity. So everything, I've got this book called Core Awareness. It's really good. And it's about, um, and she talks about how like, your body's all interconnected and all of this and how you should become aware of your body. And she started talking about this, this thing about um, we don't get old, we dry out. And um, it's something that I heard someone else say as well. Um, the guy who wrote Anatomy Trains, what's he called? Thomas Myers. He talks about this, that we, we don't actually age, we just dry out. And it's because there's no new fluids getting into an area. And then, then I watched this anatomy guy and he was dissecting all these bodies and he was saying he could see in bodies, like he could tell what the person did for a job basically by what you could see inside. Like if they didn't move very much or they had lots of movement down one side and not so much on the other side, um, because he could see where the new fluids were going in, but you could also see where the the dryness was happening where something, the fascia and the muscles on one side had like dried out and stopped working. So he, it was dead interesting. He was talking about how really our body, this is what our body, all our body needs to do is to move fluids around. That's what our heart does. That's what our lungs do. That's what our breathing does. It just moves everything around. So the better that you breathe, the more fluids and circulation and oxygen and all other good stuff is getting moved around your body so it's dead interesting isn't it you know yeah that's why it's important to have that good posture and we talk about like stagnation quite a lot so if you open your posture up and stretch places out which haven't had any 
oxygen and your blood and your minerals and your nutrients in there for a while, it's going to clean out the old stuff and it's going to re-energize and literally give you energy. It's going to, you're yeah. going to feel energized sometimes even after a good stretch. And it's also why it's important to get out of breath now and again, mm. really get the lungs working. And it is just a, almost that kind of feeling of, you know, when people say it's good to blow the cobwebs off. Mm-hmm. It is kind of getting your lungs working and just blowing some of the old crap away. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? So yeah. you might not necessarily need to know all the intricate details. You just have that intuitive feeling that you know it's good to get everything working and moving and, and pumping. Yeah. So my dad used to be a mechanical engineer, like um, worked on oil rigs and stuff in pumps. Pumps were his speciality in engines. And he said that um, that when you've got an engine that's not really working very well, you need to blast it. You need to give it a good run. Like, you know, in a car, if you haven't read, like my dad's always going, you need to give your car a run on the motorway just to get it running. If you haven't been very far in it, very, like, like lately we haven't been very far so my dad's always saying that, you know, you, to keep a pump running, you need to run it fast and you need to run it slow. It's the same for the body, isn't it? Like you say, we're not complicated. Probably a mechanical oil pump is more complicated than our heart. You know, so, so, so really, we just, we just all old diesel engines that just need a good run out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. My dad refers everything back to engine, engines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. It's a good, it's a good analogy though, to be honest. Yeah. So that's what he was always saying. Fill it with good stuff, make it work, and then you'll have a happy engine. And look after it, it. It'll look after you as well. Yeah, exactly. So so that's what breathing does. It is kind of like your engine, isn't it? Um, Joseph Pilates calls it the bellows. The lungs are like the bellows of your body. So by firing up your bellows, you, you're firing up the heat in your core, your metabolism. That's your body fire. And uh, that's what he calls them. He, he believed the lungs were the bellows of the body. And I like that analogy too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Who's that quote by that you always say is that the first breathing is the first act of life and the last act of life? Who is? Yeah. And then we don't, it was Joseph Pilates. Oh, was it Pilates? It's yeah. the first act of life and the last act of life. And in between, we don't really think much about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's true though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Joseph Pilates, he said the breath was the top of his list of things to think about. Another thing to look for, if you think, oh, I do have good posture, and I do get plenty of exercise and I do clean the system out quite a lot. But I've just done that little self-test and I find I still am chest breathing quite a lot. Another reason could be acidity. So mm, that acid yeah. alkaline balance and the pH of your body. With regards to food, if you're eating highly acidic food, particularly sugar, which is then going to elevate the heart rate and elevate your breathing rate in an attempt to try and alkalize the body to combat that high acidity. So if you eat high sugary foods all the time, you're going to have a high acidic environment and your body doesn't like that. So it's going to try and make it more acidic. So what you do is you breathe faster, which means you're then going to probably chest breathe a bit more. So you might think you're doing everything in the world for good breathing mechanics, but if you're eating too much sugar, you might still end up chest breathing. So a little bit of cleaning nutrition up and that might bring your breathing rate back down and it really does work um it elevate sugar elevates heart rate i mean again it's that intuitive thing when you give your kids sugar they get hyperactive don't they mm-hmm. you kind of know these things anyway but try and apply it to yourself and you'll probably find that it works cool cool can i go full-on hippie yet yep it's about that time i think <laughs> it's about the time for we should have a little little jingle for full-on hippie mode <laughs> so i'm going to talk about cosmic pendulums So everything in the world is like a pendulum ticking backwards and forwards. And 
always in yin and yang, the two forces, yin and yang. And breathing in and breathing out is the cosmic pendulum. So breathing in takes your body into an acidic mode. Breathing out takes it into an alkaline mode, like you've just been talking about the acidity. But also the parasympathetic and the sympathetic response of the nervous system, uh, there's all sorts of like other systems that are linked to the breath and it's all part of the, the universe as well. So it's like just sitting and breathing can really put you in touch with your psyche. Yeah, it's that complementary opposites. Mm. Everything has an opposite. You don't know what an inhale is until you've exhaled. You don't know what night is yeah. until you've experienced day. It's everything, yeah, has that complementary opposite. And like you just said there, if you just sit and breathe, it will just calm you down. And it's, it's mm. interesting as well. Breathing is one of the things you can do, which there's so many different techniques. It can either give you energy, kind of pick you up, or it can calm you down if you've got too much energy. Mm-hmm. But in terms of calming down, which I think most people would probably need to do, because a lot of people will have an elevated breathing rate. If you want to just bring it down, a good way is to kind of tie it into that kind of self-reflection or meditative and positive thinking mode, which, which um, is one of the six foundation principles. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, really. So if you just get comfortable and then just literally, because we have such racing minds, if you just focus on your breath, a lot of people say, oh, I can't just sit down and meditate or sit down and do nothing. It's because the mind's going too fast and they cannot sit and be with themselves. They need something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So if you just sit and you can even just count breaths just in through the nose, out through the mouth, if you just count to 20, then start again, count to 20. You'll find that everything just calms down, even after just a few minutes. But just having that a few little things to focus on helps helps keep you going for a longer time. So you can count breaths, even just try and feel your diaphragm fill up and your lungs mm. fill up with air. Just look for the feeling in your body. Kind of feel the air as it, as it kind of scrapes the back of your throat. Try and create that feeling of that scraping feeling down the back of your throat every breath. Um, and then notice that after every exhale, as that little pause where you're not you're not doing anything, just try and notice that every time. And these little things just give you something to concentrate on, mm-hmm. and that allow you to do it for longer, which obviously is going to help you get more and more calm. So, a few little tips, and it's it's simple, but it works. Yeah, I always think like the mind is like a racing carriage of wild horses pulling you along and your breath is that thing that's going to just calm them down and pull them back and just you know you've got to try and switch off that that thing and like what you said counting your breaths really good um box breathing is really good where you breathe in for four hold for four breathe out for four hold for four actually on our last breath podcast we give a load of really good exercises that you can do with um, your breathing as well, as part from these ones that we're talking about now as well. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll reference that breath podcast in the show notes mm. because it's a really good one. We, we try not to go too deep into it here because we haven't done it before. We try and just give you the six foundation principles, but we inevitably end up going pretty deep because it's so, it's so important and it's kind of breathing is very profound as well. You can just you can just go a full day of only breathing and you'll still survive and you'll probably have a healthier day than what you're doing now, to be honest, for a lot of people. So it just can't be overestimated, uh, underestimated, sorry, how important Isn't it is. Isn't those um, people who just live on oxygen, apparently? I don't Is that real, do you think? Well, I think you probably get a day 
four and have a Mars bar, something like that, probably. <laughs> We've got Mars bars tucked in the pockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like programs about them, isn't it? Like these yogis yeah. and stuff who can just sit and breathe. You there must stare. be somebody feeding them because, I mean, your body needs things. You just stare at the sun, don't you? You reckon you get all the energy from the sun. But didn't um, David Blaine, didn't he do 40 days and nights yeah. in that box above London, above the Thames, yeah, in the glass did. box, and he didn't, he just, I think he drank water, sorry. Did he drink water? Yeah, I yeah, think he, he, you know, he Yeah, he just he fasted for forty days, didn't he? Did he? And he swears blind. He 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 did it. He was on the he was on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about it. He oh, just tra- wow. he just trained himself to do it. He just he did like longer and longer fasts, and he ended up doing forty days. It's amazing what your body can actually do. You know, like we don't actually ever really take our bodies even to the edge of what they can Nowhere do. Nowhere near, no. You know, or we all... live in this comfortable life that we never test it out. <laughs> yeah or our minds that's why i'm really interested in psychedelics not that i've ever done any but i think it's that we just live in this reality but there's just so much more out there like this is just like a tiny tiny little piece of something which is a lot bigger and people who take psychedelics it just opens the horizons they just see a bit more of the picture even if it's just 15 minutes yeah but that must be mind-blown like it comes with inherent dangers as well because uh-huh. then you come back to actual planet earth and it might be that might freak you out, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a lot of oh, people my... who take psychedelics, they think when they go into this different state, they say it's more real than actually being here on, like, yeah. So that's to actually come and then decipher that and live the rest of your life knowing that there's this other thing. That's when you need someone who's like a shaman or a, a medicine man to really guide you through that experience. And you need to have a good spiritual experience going into it, something that can mm. help you, you know what I mean? Don't just go in there blind. Yeah, I was listening to a really good um, show with Graham Hancock on, you know, how I love Graham Hancock. And he was talking about how he, his theory is like, because civilizations were popping up all around the world, like Stone Age ones and stuff. And then all of a sudden they all shifted and started doing um, cave art. And it all happened at the same like era of time. And he was like, people have been around for thousands and thousands of years before that and never thought to draw their pictures on on the walls and he's thought he's his theory is that the only thing that they could have done like the only thing they could have done was to to discover drugs like um what you're talking about like the plant medicines yeah plant medicines are hurt. and he said like when you go into a plant medicine journey there are certain things that everyone will experience like certain creatures and certain yeah exper- mother ayahuasca so yeah know, so meet, he meet said that person yeah was it that they had experienced this mother ayahuasca, this person um, or these people uh, as a result of taking psychedelics? And therefore, they all decided, like they all kind of at the same time around the world started doing cave, you know, like how pyramids are around. I know that's like a lot later, but there's like a link between that. And he says the only thing he can think of as a link is that they all started taking ayahuasca and that took them to all to the next level, which then... Like, it's like mind-blowing, really, when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah, because I might be butchering this, but you said the pyramids. Weren't the pyramids in South America and Egypt, aren't they from the same, even though they're on different sides of the earth, they were built pretty much at the same time in the same yeah. shape, weren't they? Even though the civilizations never met. And they found because... them at the, like, off, like in, in the water and they've dated them in the bottom of the ocean and stuff. It's like, yeah. so interesting. Anyway, that's not really about our breath. But <laughs> that's, that's the third tangent we've gone off on. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, 
but it's dead interesting when you actually think about these things oh, like yeah. it blows my mind yeah i think we we better call it a day on breath there because we'll end up going on a down another, oh, I've got another one rabbit more hole thing, i've right, got go, one more go. to talk about breath about um this is a bit hippie bit hippie mode but if um you do have any problems with the the breath the chakra is the fourth chakra oh look down look fourth chakra spray oh yeah my Intuition. favorite yeah when when I first started training with Dan, uh, I used to have, <laughs> used to spray chakra spray around, <laughs> and, then, and then Dan decided he loved it as well. So I ended up having to buy some, didn't I? I can make my own now, though. So um, anyway, so fourth chakra is the is the lungs. It's the heart actually, but that's the nearest one. And aromatherapy oils would be rose, bergamot, and melissa. If you want to meditate on that. Well, yeah. So like we said in one of the the previous episodes as well, if you want to start doing some breathing exercises, uh, you you don't have to be the best person in the world. If you just want to move the dial a little bit and you just want to do five minutes a day or just do a couple of times a week, having some sprays like Jill was saying, some aromatherapy can just make it a bit more appealing, can just get you more into it, like a little bit more, even if it's just 5%, what's the harm? It might just get you into a deeper state of meditation or mm-hmm. it might really calm your breathing and it might just make you look forward to doing it more often, which is obviously going to be beneficial. Yeah, and if you want any chakra spares, I can make them for you. There you go. It's now turned into a sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually given up as a Pilates teacher and turned into a aromatherapist. <laughs> I Are you going to be like Del Boy on the market? <laughs> I have more people asking me for aromatherapy stuff now than, than ever. It's like good. I've got, I think I've got the whole of County Durham obsessed with thieves oil. These things like a uh, thieves oil, good for your health, aromatherapy, good for your health, breathing, very good for your health. So all these are kind of linked to respiratory. And especially now, if you're worried about coronaviruses and respiratory viruses, it's never been a better time to try and boost your respiratory system health. Exactly. Very relevant. Thank you, Dan. We'll call it there. And we've got yeah. the Another episode coming tomorrow and we're going to do nutrition. Yeah, number four of the six foundation factors. Thank you for listening and see you soon. Bye.